0: Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harborough, for their continued support of this podcast. This week, we focus on Angus cattle and from Southern Ireland, and not only a great cattle breeder from Cork, but a quality stockman, extremely knowledgeable fellow and a recent president of the Irish and Angus Association, Eustace Burke. Eustace, welcome to Top Lines and Tales morning, Andy. And you, just, and you run the Clontide herd of Angus cattle uh, down there in, in Cork in Southern Ireland. But uh, tell us a little bit more about how you got there and how you got started with Angus cattle.
1: Well, sure. I, I can't just take claim for it. I suppose it's a family set up. Um, look, I, I, it's run myself and my mum, Deirdre, run, run it together. And every now and again, my sister uh, dons the Welletons and takes off the high heels. <laughs> so, um it's very much a family affair, and look, I, my wife and and my son as well help out, so it's all good. Um, it's a family affair.
0: You really are a fam- um, family farm by the sound of that, then. And tell us just whereabouts you are there. So we're lo- we're located. Um,
1: in Southern Ireland, um, the, uh, so we when we look out our front window, we look down on Cork Harbour, and, we, and, we, and when we look the opposite direction, we, we look on the old head of
0: Kinsale, So Okay, oh, great. It kind of gives people a perspective. Lovely part of the world as well down there in the south, and uh, lovely part of the world when it's not raining, but I, you get your share of that, I know, but I've been there when it's yeah. sunny, and it is it is nice down there. And uh, you full-time farm yourself there? So you say there's a family farm no. that you're all involved? No, we're a part-time farm, so the farm here at home is 60 acres, I suppose
1: um, it was a bought farm, so um, it, everyone works full-time outside of the farm, so it's very much a part-time event. Um, uh, my, my wife works in recruit- recruitment. My mum was a nurse until she retired, and I work full-time in the AI industry. I'm an area manager with an AI company, so okay. the farm is very much a part-time event. Um, part-time disease
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on to your, your 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 ai job in a minute because it's always interested to hear what how the ai business is going in different parts of the world and just just take us a little how did you get to the farmer re- originally
1: so um i suppose uh, the farming bug came from my dad um look he, uh, he he was one of the family that didn't inherit a farm um he would have grown up in his uncles um because his dad died when he was young um, so he'd have grown up in his uncle's and probably got the disease there from Ricky Burke. Um, I think anyone who bred a, hor- a horse or a cow in Ireland would know Ricky. Okay. He was a, he was a real established judge. <laughs> and um, Dad's father, dad, my grandfather, Dad's dad, would have been a, a very esteemed stockman as well. Mm-hmm. He, I suppose he would have managed um, Castlegar Estate in Galway would have been his claim to fame before he got ill. Okay. But um, Dad would have bought our farm in 1983. Okay. Um ma- I think he'd been trying to soften Mam for a number of years before he came home from sea that he wanted to to um to buy a farm and uh when my Mam went to hospital to have my sister, Dad saw it as the perfect opportunity and bought bought our farm. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> She came home to a, well, a big surprise, yeah. And and, uh, yeah. and and originally with the farm well you wouldn't live on the farm to start with, I I, I don't know.
1: No, think- so dad would have bought the farm in nineteen eighty three, it would have been added to in nineteen eighty five, I think. Look, at the farm was uh, rags to ruins. There'd been a family dispute for maybe five or eight years prior to buying it. So uh, there was 80% of the farm reclaimed. Right. Um, dad, dad promised Mam that it would be a short-term project, maybe a maximum of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 2023 now, are nearly 2023, and we're, we're not quite finished yet, but we're <laughs> 90% of the way there. Oh, well. um, we would have moved here in 1990 then. Mam um, and dad would have built a house here, and that would have become family home then.
0: And the original farm, you'd run store cattle there, uh, beef originally. You didn't go, get into the pedigree straight no, away, I don't think.
1: Um, so, no, we would, have, we would have gone dairy calf to beef originally. Then we would have dabbled in sucklers. And then, I suppose, bull beef. Um, and then, look, I, I suppose, look, foot and mouth was a curse to a lot of people. But it was probably a blessing to us because I think uh, before Ireland went into lockdown, the night before it went into lockdown, we we would have shipped everything from here with, with exception of three bullocks. Right. So we, um, and then when we bought back in, oh, Mam nearly had to lock the gates because myself and dad bought cattle left, right and centre and I don't think the place was ever as heavily stocked. And then when those cattle were factored, it allowed us to get into the pedigree, right. pedigree game. That's kind of what financed it.
0: Okay. And where did you start? Your, where do you start your first few pedigree cattle from? There would have been a famous sale in Oi. Now the
1: market has gone since... It was the old Martin from I, and it was an open sale to both societies, and we would have bought our first two heifers, um, Mary Smith and Um Heard. Um, uh, there was three heifers there, and they were just outstanding. Myself and Dad fell in love with
0: them. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they came to the ring in the, ra- in the wrong order, so we only got two out of the three of them, and I think we paid £1,600 and £1,800. and uh, At the last count, I think those two animals went on for 36 breeds, champions and maybe 16 or 18 interbreeds so doesn't, they really served as well doesn't
0: sound cheap at that price going back then but uh certainly they were cheap by the sound of it oh they were they were cheap yeah they were they were uh, look you give your left
1: arm for cows like them now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and, and, you... and i suppose we were lucky then we bumped into a, a little woman um uh, it, it, at a stretch she'd be five foot tall called madeline O'Regan, and uh oh god she was some woman to go and um she was disp- she was reducing her herd and i suppose we would have bought the the majority of what she had and um uh, we i think we bought nine out of there but we ha- we had to buy a, a Hereford with the eight angus's that was the that was the agreement so that's how we dabbled in herefords for a while okay um and they very much became the backbone of our herd mhm um and then i suppose the remainder would have been bought from the four corners of ireland um and the, the 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 I suppose the peak of our year would have been the October sales in Carrig would have been a big thing that that time. Uh-huh. And uh, there would have been what, maybe a hundred, a hundred and ten heifers there. And uh myself and dad would go there and we'd we narrow it down to ten to ten animals and sure, uh, Andy we might be able to afford four, <laughs> six were pipe dreams and dad always had a strict thing of um he never wanted to spend uh, his budget was two thousand pounds. And that was the budget, and look he he was gifted at picking rough diamonds um he he was a far better judge of females than I was he he'd no mass and bulls, but ultimate mass and females, and he just was able to pick one after another and uh, uh, able to pick them in his working clothes, which is the ultimate
0: talent certainly is a gift, isn't it to be mm. able to do that and and uh, to pick out the rough ones and then turn them around, and that keeps the budget down as well and uh, and and in the early years, you ran Angus, you said the Herefords, a few limousines as well, I think you got involved in.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose uh, we, we we ran pole Herefords here, uh, polled and horned, but uh, majority polled, and um, and then we would have bought into limousines because we would have felt that uh, uh, having two two native breeds, maybe a continental breed next to them, would protect us if there was ever a dip in the market. But mm-hmm. look, uh, we're in dairy country, and uh, limousines didn't suit our system. So um, I suppose, look, when Dad died, um, in 2013 the Herefords were the first to go because they were his thing uh-huh. um, the, the Angus were always the dominant herd here and maybe two or three years later the limousines left and we concentrated on Angus and it's really servers as well
0: and, and, and um, you I guess would be as a youngster would be the one that would be keen on figures and I know you could have got a heard very much built on figures mm-hmm. and, and something you take a lot of pride in
1: yeah look um, as I said dad was always had a huge mass in females and I was lucky that he always let me pick the bulls Rightly or wrongly, he always let me pick the bulls. So I suppose that's where I picked it up. Um, look, we dabbled um, anything over. Any, I think anything over fifty pounds, I had to pay the, the the price for the straw. So um, uh, and that was fair enough. Like you know, it, it, we were always predominantly, even though we carried some very successful stock bulls, we were always predominantly AI.
0: Just give, um, just give I mean, us a little bit, a couple of bulls maybe. Were you buying, buying stores of bulls out of Scotland or do you just live yeah, your to Ireland?
1: Look, I suppose we, all, we, all was, look, we like a bigger animal. Look, It would have been a ton before, it's 800 kilos now. Mm-hmm. That's what we like our herd. For. So we we'll buy the best from all over the world. But look, it's predominantly from, from the UK. Um, I suppose I would have imported um, b Duke originally and coded them. Okay. Um, and we would have seen him as a calf, a weanling, and and, and a mature bull in uh, uh, Black Beauty Bonanza. That was Dad's annual trip, as well as the bull sale. We always used to go to the Black Beauty, and I suppose that was down to Dad's friendship with Eddie Glanders. Okay. Um, then I, I I would have quoted Peter Pershar. Um look, I, 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 between Elixir and Peter Pershar, I don't think we could fit either one of either one of the two more into our herd. I've a huge mass and. Then I suppose in recent years I would have quoted Robyn hmm So um, look, we're always trying to be one step in front, um, but figures do play a big part here. Um, look, there's a famous saying here: you need picture and sound. Yes. So look, they're not they're not to the be an end all of everything, but. It definitely helps to have both.
0: Sure, and Peter shoulder for, for those listeners who don't know of him, and of course there won't be many of those. I don't think he had a massive impact on the on the Angus scene in the UK, didn't he? And as you said, Alexa was his father, and and uh, he was in every pedigree. And just about at one time, I think at Perth, it would be ninety percent of the of the bulls they would have uh, would have him in the pedigree. So he he's done a, uh, he, yeah. a huge uh, influence, a big influence on the Angus worldwide. Probably. Yeah, oh, huge,
1: huge, and look. He's my People love him. I hate him. But I remember I saw him with Neil Massey and Bielak, and it was a cold December day I saw him. And he was just out of the bull stud, and we were inside in a big stubble field, and he passed me up a hill um after a cow that was bullying. And you couldn't criticise the bull. He was just... He was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, look, uh, my, one of my other bad habits is I love turning out other people's cattle. And I was honoured when Jim Smith, the stockman that was there, asked me to help Bielak and turn out the first... Crop of um, Peter Persher's sons and Hildago was part of them. They went to Logie and he won. Uh, he won the championship that day. And, and that, would be, that
0: would be at Perth, and of course you've had a big association with Perth. But that's a great honour to be to go into the camp. A great honour and a great learning curve. I suppose to go into the Brie camp yeah, and, and huge, uh, see that
1: huge learning curve. And I, 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 I equally got massive opportunity with Weatherly. Um, look, it's like being part of the family there. It's they're just phenomenal people, and you learn so much. Um, I would have helped in one of the lead-ups to one of their bull sales. At, uh, I think I spent a month or five weeks there, and the only mistake I, I made was I didn't spend longer there. They're just, <laughs> no,
0: they yeah, tr- um, trem- um, tremendous um, people, tremendous family, aren't they? And, and tremendous cattle. Yeah. Good working, honest cattle, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, look I, 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 I like to build my cow. I'd love my cows to be as good as what Tilson's females are, and I suppose that's that's the name of the game. Just a bit, slightly bigger, bigger cows, but fertile with milk, and that's what we, that's what we like, and just productive, productive. And
0: before we move on to Scotland, they've also obviously had a a lot of mentors and, and influence from some great breeders in Ireland. I think you got a list, quite a long list, of some fairly influential people oh, that have help you. It's very
1: much, you know, you look. Ireland is a small place, but like there's some phenomenal breeders here, um, and the like, Matthew Goulding, the McEnroes, Albert Cogan, John Tate, and in recent years, Johnny Doyle. Um, look, they've all been very good to me. Michael Sheehan from Luttimore. Um And then, look, we've got two staff in, inside in our office, Felicity McGrath and Shane, Shane Murphy and... You, you you're never going to go far wrong with 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 any of that group around you.
0: But you need to be the right person for them to take you under the wing as well. So I mean, you take some credit yourself for for being getting in amongst those people. And and we talk about Scotland. I think your father was actually interested in moving to Scotland at one time, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, um, I suppose when the tiger left, it kind of put a, a refocus here altogether. Look, I was we were both working in construction, and um, when the tiger left. Um, I suppose I was working on the civil side, and Dad was working on uh, and in the pharmaceutical side, and there was just a downturn, and Dad would have gone working as director of safety for Viola in Scotland, and I suppose he was over there maybe eight or ten months, and one day he rang with a list of cows to test for export, and I said, Dad, half of these cows are mine, <laughs> and uh, 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 himself and Jim Jim Strathern, who he who he built up a relationship with over there, had picked out a farm, and Dad had planned on them. Um, Moving lock, stock, and barrel to 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 Scotland because he felt that if we wanted to make a full time go in and pedigree cattle, Scotland was the place to be. And I think he he just always dreamt of owning owning or leasing a farm on the borders. He just loved it there.
0: Yeah, no, no, I can see the I can see the desire there, but that never happened. Unfortunately, did it? No, he he got ill, and it just
1: it never it never came to fruition. And look, times have probably moved on now, Andy. with a family here and stuff like that. Like, it's probably a dream that'll never be dreamt. You know.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. And, and another man from Scotland, I think, uh, probably gave you a bit of influence. You mentioned Rawbone just now, and I think John Elliott oh, uh, took a shine to you. Yeah, day. yeah, John Elliott.
1: Look, he's he's always at the end of a phone. He's always willing to give advice. Look, uh, he 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 was very he's been very good to me down through the years. Like uh, I, when I first brought in P- Peter Persher, or um, Robert Bossalk, he probably didn't even know who I was. But look, he's he's been very good to me down through the years, definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and and his bulls, his bulls have always performed here, like. Mam ma'am would always, wouldn't know the bloodlines the best, but she said, look, no matter whether I like what, like what the raw and cattle produce or not produce, they're profitable cattle. <laughs> um, And I suppose that's the biggest compliment you can pay to someone, Joe.
0: Absolutely is, absolutely is. And let's go on to the showing side. of You said you brought a few cattle out for other people and obviously got the bug for showing, and I think you hit the show circuit fairly hard for a few years.
1: Yeah, um, look, Dad was addicted to showing. Uh, I think at, at our peak we were doing 18 or 19 shows cool. a year. It was uh, just every weekend, mm-hmm. Um and like one of those rough diamonds he picked out was Josanna Western Babe. Um I remember being at that October sale, and we picked out 10 animals, and he set me down to look at a heifer, and um, when I came back, he was after buying a heifer that wasn't on the list, and oh, uh, to say she was in her working clothes was, w- wouldn't be an injustice to the animal or the breeder, but I think within two years, she she was reserved reserve champion in Strokes Town. Right. He just had an ability, like... a. Um, we were we were having a, a, a debate and, the, and John McEnroe had to interfere and <laughs> <So>, lads <laughs> but like yeah so look we would have shown an awful lot in the earlier years I suppose look after he died it became a bit more difficult you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but we, look showing still plays a big part here Yeah. Um, but we, we would probably do six or eight shows now rather than the 18 or 19 mm-hmm. times have changed social media has changed a lot of the showing the showing side of things as well you know mm-hmm. Um. People know now a lot easier what you have. It's definitely changed things. Uh, look, whether it's for the good or not, I don't know, but it does play, an awful, play a key role in our herd now. Mm.
0: And, and, and um, you said the social media, yes, when you can see the animals and you can see the figures and see the breeding, then uh, yeah, you, could, you can almost buy without seeing the animal.
1: Yeah, 100%. Look, we, we'd sell half of our bulls here each year without the, without the buyer coming to see them. Really? okay um it's it, Ireland maybe is a small bit different to the UK in the fact that our customer base has transitioned to a dairy to a dairy base and look dairy is driven by figures and farmers have fierce confidence in it so sure. yeah uh,
0: Rep, but look reputation. they go hand in hand Andy reputation is the other thing as well of course that that's the one that backs it up isn't
1: it yeah 100% mm. look they go hand in hand look if you do if you do some shows and people see uh and then word them out, and then the social media on top of it—it it definitely goes. And look, our, I would say eighty percent of our customers are repeat customers, so it stands for a lot.
0: No, that's that's tremendous. And that that cuts down the marketing right down. But as you said, the shows—you do them, you do them as a marketing tool, and obviously you're doing well. But you but you've won your share and uh, junior champion at Tullymore, I think. Um, um, national calf champion was it this year maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, look, we've been we we've had we went through a couple of barren years, I suppose. Look, COVID was there and things like that. But in, in recent years, yeah, we've done well. Um, look, I suppose this year we would have got the Supreme National Calf Champion, the Axis Supreme National Champion. Um, we, won, we won the Tilson judging, and I suppose that was a massive compliment because I always, as I said, I always aspire to have cows like Weatherly and. Mm-hmm. For, to, to receive that with, with Clontade Mandy at that show was just massive compliment and totally unexpected
0: wonder another great judge there but you it would be no mean feat either I mean that's the National calf Champion there's not two or three there that's a big show isn't
1: it no it's a big show and a huge show this year look uh, I think uh, when when we were building a new society it, it got to breaking point and we had to take on a new individual um, it, 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 earlier this year, and I suppose Shane would have come here with the dream of having this uh, Angus extravaganza w- weekend, and between himself and Felicity, they pulled off a massive feat in that event. It was and um different, uh, different in the fact that uh, or the sale was the day before the show. That's
0: right. Yeah, I heard that.
1: Yeah, so it was. Uh, um, Shane was a str- of the strong opinion that why ca- why can't every customer be the be the judge and judge their own animal, and then uh, I suppose uh roll the dice because if you if you bought your animal on the saturday you the potential of winning up to uh, up to 1500 euros on the sunday which was you know make the animal cheap like um
0: (laughs) a great idea i've not heard of it before i remember you pinging me and telling me that it was going on and i thought this sounds strange but it seemed to work out obviously worked (laughs) out for you because i think you did end up selling that calf didn't you
1: uh no 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 um i kept i kept that um heifer and i sold another heifer on the day um uh, Andy, I'd be homeless if I sold that heifer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, fair enough. And and the herds competitions, I know, I think you won the herd competition this year, but you've yeah. certainly had your, your share of success in, in the herd competitions, which again is, yeah. is, is the is the benchmark really for a herd, isn't it? To win the whole herd competitions rather than just, just one or two animals.
1: Yeah, I suppose, look... Um, I i have often heard um, Albert talking about the Herds competition in the UK and Northern Ireland. The dad would have followed it an awful lot. And I suppose between the two of them, they would have got the Munster Herds competition going and it would have spread across the Republic then. And with COVID, the shows were stopped. And I suppose as as the bands lifted and were reintroduced and lifted and reintroduced, I suppose as a society, we decided that um, that they, they, rather than having a calf show or something, uh, where we'd have a big crowd, we decided to have an uh, uh, an All Ireland Hurts competition. So each of the clubs had their uh, had their section events, and then uh, a small, a medium, and a large um, section would have been the All Ireland. And look, uh, I suppose we would have sponsored one of the cups, and the cup uh, that we sponsored would have been put into the medium All Ireland section, and that was last year. And look, we had the honour of winning at the first year it was there, and 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 we. We won it again this year which was uh, a huge shock and a, a, a massive compliment you know
0: congratulations that, um, it's, it's, a, it's a big feat and it just shows where you are in in and amongst the the great cattle that come out of Ireland. and mm. and you mentioned turning out a you if you cattle for other people something that you, you've done over the years and you still get involved in, in giving other people a hand and maybe not as youngsters, not
1: not as much as we used to but yeah it's look it's an addiction um and look I think turning out other people's cattle, there's a lot more. Uh, there can be a lot more pleasure in it because there's a lot less pressure. Um, look, I would, I, as I said, I would have uh, helped Weatherly and Bealack in in the U, in the UK. Um, in recent years in the UK, I would have helped um, Drumhill, Johnny and Lisa Doyle's herd. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Look, the pinnacle of that would have been Hatfield, Hatfield and um Hampton, mm-hmm. um, and then I suppose look the other uh, the other the other two herds I would have helped in there, Look, I have very close friends in Veronica and Ray Hunt um, and with their, uh, they've got um, a different disease than I do. Um, I'd argue that it's the worst disease because it's Paul Hereford's but look, um, they've had huge success. Look, we would have been top price at the designer jeans in the UK, the first Irish animals exhibit over there, the 8,500 and then I suppose we would have broken the national record here with another heifer. Um, so yeah, look, it's nice. Look, Andy, you know yourself, it's there's no pressure when you're doing up somebody else's animals, you know. You don't, uh, um, and then look at the other the other um, person. I would have helped a lot was Matthew Goulding down through the years. With Goulding herd. I think everyone knows his Angus and his Pole herd. And mm-hmm. look, he's the master at reading a market. Mm-hmm.
0: A credit to yourself that you are asked to do these jobs. That's the thing. It shows it shows your <clears throat> level of skill.
1: Ah, uh, look, I, I look. I've been lucky. I've been mentored by a good couple of people down through the years. I suppose look. The, the, the big lesson I would have learned would, would, one year, at, I'm not sure whether you've been at the National Plowing, but anyone who has, it, 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 it's, it's always a bit of an eye-opener. We normally get about a 100,000 people yeah. through a day, and it's it's a bit of a fanfare, but I remember clipping a heifer at the plowing oh, maybe 15 or 16 years ago, and I, I would, at that time there would have been no youth development for Angus, so you would have come from the continental side with the limousines or things like that. and I remember I was at Trimming up this this Angus heifer out the back of the tent and thinking I was the bee's knees, and next thing I tied it up. Years well, John McEnroe gave me a dressing down. down that I I don't think I'll uh, forget, and I I haven't clipped an Angus's ear since anyway. Andy.
0: <laughs> I did a, a cattle dressing demonstration down at the Ploughing Match in Cork, actually in oh, the middle nineties, I think, with Charolais. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. seem to remember it rained at that show so much. I think I've never never seen so much mud in my entire life. But and
1: and, yeah. uh, and when it was held back there again, Andy it flooded again. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's yeah. Move, it's just unfortunate. Let's move on. Bro, oh, just just carrying on with yourself. You did have a you had an on farm sale. This year, I think, and Marta, would, would that be right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, look, uh, when COVID came, look, we would have sold a lot of our stock from home. Maybe for the four or five years previous, we didn't go to a sale. um Just, just through sheer demand, um, we didn't need to. And I suppose COVID came in, and there was a lot of uncertainty. People were afraid to travel and stuff like that. So, we just decided to dip our toe. I suppose we spoke to John Murphy, who would have been an auctioneer. We would have had a mass, a huge mass in and. Um, the Cork Marts were debating whether they would go with it or not. And I suppose then between um, Jamie in Marti and John Murphy in Cork Marts, we would have held the first online bull sale that Cork Marts ever did. Okay. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it definitely succeeded um, for the two years we did it. Now, unfortunately, we probably won't be able to do it this year because we just don't have enough bulls. Um. It look, yeah, make or break is in around 15 to 20 and the end. We 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 normally get maybe seventy five percent bulls, and this year we just have a glut of females, which is no bad complaint. But it, you, we just couldn't justify it, so it'll probably be back to the sales this year. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Oh, it, it's a huge success. But it takes a bit of learning. Um. Yeah. You it's it, it, when when you're having a sale and you're you're doing grooming all these bulls, and you might have five people in the yard, but you've uh, it's a thousand people tuned in or five hundred people tuned in, like you know. Um, yeah, you're you're very much airing your laundry in public uh, that that day, do you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, true. But it goes back to what we were saying earlier on. Had the change in the in the in the way that the markets work now, and if you look at this in the USA, I mean, it's all online sales now. I mean, they will get some people in, but uh, there'll be guys there with online sales selling two, three hundred on a day, and people buying them with confidence. So uh, the, I, the job is moving that way.
1: I I think I think it's going to move that way more and more. And it's just look, it takes a bit of adapting for the, for for both the marks and the breeders. But look. We're lucky in Ireland. We've got a, We've got a facility there with Marti and it's just thin, It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, they are good, yeah. um,
0: and, and let's just move on, on to yourself. You are President of the Society this year. Congratulations. That's a great honour as well. And I think you've got a few good guys around you. One John McIner you mentioned earlier on will probably keep you right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So look, I suppose, look, just to give you a bit of a background and I suppose, look, Brexit wouldn't have caused just problems for the UK but it also caused a couple of hurdles for Ireland because, Look, a lot of people probably don't know, but there's two Angus societies in Ireland and, um, look, breeders would transition between the two, but we would have always been loyal in recent years to the Aberdeens because, look, we just wanted to be affiliated with the home of Angus and um, breeders in Ireland would have registered as uh, a true UK society. So Ireland would have almost been a club mm-hmm. of the UK society. And when Brexit came, oh, there was a big hurdle there to be climbed in the fact that we weren't going to be allowed to register with the UK anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, maybe about six years ago, Barry Turner vis- would have visited me here and we would have gone through the, the guidance being given for DEFRA. And then we knew it was going to be a long road because we were going to have to establish um, a European headquarters for the UK right. or in some format or another. And look, and, um, okay, it was just challenging times, you know, um, to, uh, up, uh, up until the 31st or the 30th of December. I think we got our breed society license on the 30th of December 2021. And if we hadn't got that breed society license on, on that date on the first on the first of January of twi- of twenty uh, of twenty twenty one, all the all the Aberdeen Angles would have lost the pedigree status right. in Europe. So look, um, you know yourself. Look, divorce has never kind of go well, but I think uh, we made the most of it. I think everyone got their head around it. Look, it was probably a credit to Barry Turner that day. At that time, uh, there there was an amicable um, uh, agreement put in place. And um Ireland became the headquarters and a, a breed society would, it would it in its own right, but definitely there's strong links between the UK and Ireland. But um still we we have meetings quarterly, we've do youth development together, so
0: that's right. Um, the YDP covers Southern Ireland as well, I think, doesn't it? But it is a yeah. it is a tricky one, as you said. And then, hey, there'd been, as you said about the two societies, there was a break. I'd say fifteen, twenty years ago, maybe wasn't it when the sort of Irish society wanted to go on their own way, and there was yeah, there was a lot of animosity back then. And I think that it takes a few grown ups to sort that out. And, and credit to you if you kept if you've kept the links with the two.
1: Yeah, look, we we look, we're in a lucky spot. We're in a lucky spot. And look, there was a lot of progressive people on council board in Ireland and the UK at that time. and Look, it just allowed us to, to establish ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, look, Andy, when you're going from registering three thousand cattle to registering all the, all the Aberdeen cattle in Europe, it's a big jump.
0: Right, and you handle you, know? you handle that now. That would make you one of the strongest herd books, I suppose, in Europe right?
1: Yeah, um, so look, uh, we're the fastest growing herd book in Europe at the moment. Um, if you take a look, if you take a look at us fr- uh, from from tw- from 20 to 21, um, uh, we've grown 40. percent look by the by the end of this year um i would say in two years we'll be up 80 to 90% in grow, in, in registrations so it's no mean feat wow and that's, um,
0: so yeah, that that would put you on i mean the size of the thing that would put you on par with anything in the world i would have thought
1: yeah look uh, we're the, at the moment we're the biggest pedigree society in Ireland in Ireland on, on registrations um, with the exception of dairy society obviously the ihva is there as well so they're the biggest society but look i i, I I think in 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 the coming years we may even overtake them. Look, um, commercial Angus registrations then um, we're the number one. Um, we're twenty seven. We're twenty seven thousand in front of any other breed. breed. Wow. Um, and le- if you take a look at the Angus, the way it's gone, like we've there's an eighty percent increase in ten years mm-hmm. in the commercial registrations. So look, it, w- it would be largely driven by the increase in dairy, yeah. but. Not solely. No. You definitely see an increase in. While the Sockler herd is declining in Ireland, the market share for Angus is increasing. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's yeah. a big accolade. A big accolade indeed. And uh, let's go down the, the genotyping route. Route, uh, route. You guys there have been keen on the genotyping for maybe longer than than in the UK, or certainly take it a lot very seriously, don't you? The whole. The whole yeah.
1: Thing. <laughs> Again, Andy. Look, I, I suppose we're we're big believers in it because we've got a great facility in ICBS. Mm-hmm. Um. So. For those who aren't uh, aren't familiar, uh, they're they're 100% independent, they're state-funded, um, uh, so it gives us a massive facility. So they're 100% independent, as they said, and then they're, they're gathering data from everywhere. Like every meat factory, every carcass that goes through a meat factory is registered, with, uh, is all their grades, any of the data that ICBF want, get. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a huge filter. Um, I suppose every every AI that's done by a technician is recorded and it logs on ICBF, all the herd apps log, log to ICBF, so it's a huge facility and there's no vested interest there, it's independent. And
0: across all breeds, it um, uses
1: across all breeds yeah
0: i remember ch- and even sheep now i remember chatting to uh william smith about this probably 12 months ago and him sort of telling me about this i wasn't aware of so that's uh, it that it does similar we've had guys on here from the u.s uh, running big big um databases over there and and uh just 20 million animals in there and once you get a data set that big then you get a lot more accurate figures don't you
1: yeah and look uh, i suppose if you take a look at where we are we're, we're definitely punching above our weight here in ireland like i used to be at Currently, has the largest largest beef genomic database in the world of two and a half million, and um, we're working on a fifty k SNP. And there's a lot of the world working still on two hundred. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, if you if you just look at it, where ICBF are, there there are 118 billion SNPs. Right. So like okay. it it really puts us out mm-hmm. uh, out in front of a lot of people. And um, okay, I suppose look, we're we're, we're working towards um, full genomic registration within the next two years. So, we'll be the only country in the world that are putting a BVD tag in one ear and, and a registration tag in the other. And all you'll do is you send off your blue card, and within the week, you'll get back what the parents are. And sure, that's. Uh, from conception rate to fork, that'll be so sort of, uh, definitely a hundred percent traceable. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, that's a, that's a mm. one step forward, isn't it? And and, uh, yeah. and with regards to the genomics, is there more emphasis coming on different ones? Is this changing the you know, the genomic desire? Is this changing from you know from year to year? Are we looking more towards I don't know carbon emissions, more different um, carving patterns, <coughs> sort of thing?
1: Oh, 100 percent. Look on the dairy side, we in in the last proof run here, which would have been this month. We uh, there's there's been a carbon footprint. Um. Um, built into the dairy and it's coming for the beef in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose look, the the main three evaluations are replacement terminal and dairy beef index and there's a CBI coming now for, for finishers and look um, there's research going on at the moment regards meat heating, quality carbon and gas emissions and they intend on building that into the evaluation in the near future so Look, it's ever evolving.
0: Mm-hmm. That's um, that's a very tricky one. Of course, you've got to be careful that the the, the one the one genomic doesn't you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater by going too far down one route. So it's a very difficult balancing act, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's very difficult. But I suppose, look, Ham, um, Sean, Cocklin, and his staff are in a very tight ship. They don't favour any breed over the other. So you have uh, every animal is gr- is ranked against one another. So like you've got within breed figures, and then you've across breed figures. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one breed can run off with their own index. You're just not allowed to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: And and you're bringing, you um, say you're you're across Europe there. you bringing different breeds in across Europe because that would be an interesting test when you start looking at um, the yeah, so, and the limits into in France versus yourselves and and, and, and other places.
1: So we, uh, ICBF will be um, part of Interbull, so there'll be data coming from all over the world, not just Europe. Okay. And okay. It, I suppose look. Uh, with us registering um, all, all the Aberdeen Angus in Europe now, uh, we're we're offering this this, this um, genomic testing to all breeders in Europe, mm-hmm. and I suppose that will bring its own data set too. Yeah. Like I think, I think we've uh, I think I think we've got our breeding program. We're we're registering sixteen different European countries at the moment, and there okay. there's one um, breed, there's one country pending, and we'll have that in the next couple of weeks. So, well, as I, if you t- see where we've come from, we've gone from. A club of the uk and two years later we're registering in 17 countries you know plus plus ireland so look it's it's a big big um phenomenal
0: and, and obviously uk aside at the moment so the rest of the countries in in um europe there how are they how are they getting on with that i mean how are they i, I based in france as you know how how are they getting on sort of with the genomics and looking at the data sets and being keen on recording that is that something that's is t- driving through other countries or are you driving that through- so it is
1: it's a steep learning curve andy i suppose look uh, you, uh, we, we, you go from uh, from experienced breeders to novice breeders. Um, look, uh, uh, but w- we ha- we have an app developed now, and look, uh, I suppose the European app is the MV of the Irish breeders at this stage. There's an app on the phone. They, they type in the necess- ne- necessary information, and it just it, gener- it, it You you send off your SNP, your your DNA sample, and um, there's a genomic evaluation done in it, and whether it's a hair sample or a tissue sample, depending. And um, you get back your evaluation, and look, I suppose our breed society would have been built around um, uh, geno- genomic testing for a good uh, for a good period of time now we we've been genomic testing all males since 2018, and um, we would have been myostatin testing since um 2020 right. so. And, um,
0: and and with regards to sales back into the UK and sort of back across that uh, Brexit corridor, um, is that happening? I know it's, it's it's been slow, but are there people now coming out and the people um, taking heed of the figures that you have? I think
1: I think it'll work both ways. In the fact that there there'll always be inter trading between the UK and Ireland because we're all we're always trying to make ourselves better. Mm-hmm. So look, um, I'd always have my eye on the UK, and I'm sure there's plenty of UK breeders have their eye on, on Irish cattle, and all you're trying to do is make make yourself one be- one step better than the next, you know? Sure. Um, and look, we're, we, we are very much intertwined, um, and are, uh, look, if we're missing a bloodline here, it's in the UK, if the UK are missing something, it's, it, it's here, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of way, so... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, and, and obviously interwoven as well, as you said, with, with Persho and no, stuff like
1: that. It's complex, Andy. It, uh, it's uh, the, the level of paperwork now doesn't doesn't um, doesn't make things any easier. But look, where there's a will, there's a way.
0: You'll have some fairly handy, hefty computer equipment to, um, dealing with all that stuff as well at the the ICBF, and 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 obviously being you know, with Brexit coming on. I mean, Ireland always had a good export market into Europe anyway, but that would have played into your hands a little. The likes of Leo McEnroe, be shipping, you know, remember being at Leo's five or ten years ago and him just shipping Arctic loads of cattle into Europe, you know, constantly, and that that'll play into all your hands, I guess.
1: Yeah, look, uh, we 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 don't want to block anyone from exporting into Europe, but yeah, look, Brexit hasn't made it easy for UK breeders. Mm-hmm. But look, there there, as I said, there where there's a will, there's a way. And look, we've got some various established exporters here, um, uh, going like Le- Leo McEnroe mm-hmm. uh, is is always a known name. John Hallacy is doing very well. Um, Michael Maxwell has shipped a lot of cattle in recent years. I suppose. Um, uh, like as recently as recently as September are you the bull go to Italy. Mm-hmm. Just solely off of figures, he was bought. He was he's he's a huge index in the top one percent, and he was bought off of picture and figures. Do you know?
0: Yeah, it's certainly given you an advantage, hasn't it? As you said, the fact that you've got your figures there now as well, and and these guys can't get the cattle out of the UK, or it's very very difficult to get uh, even embryos out of the UK into Europe at the mm. moment. I think without going through yourself through 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 Southern Ireland, which is uh, is, is a bone of contention, but <laughs> you um it does give you the advantage now that you have not only got that market open, but you've got that market open and figures to back it up. It puts you on on, on a front foot. Doesn't
1: it? I I, look, I think I think the way things are going and the uh, the world the world over is being to get their head round genomics. Look, it's not the be and all of everything. I definitely don't think it is, but I definitely think it's a, it's a tool that we can use. You know, um, look, EBVs have their have their advantage as well. But I just think it's a transition to genomics now. And um, but look, I would say that maybe maybe all these figures have uh, were maybe losing the stockman skill. But look. Um, that's for another day's argument but look I still think you need picture and some but mm-hmm. definitely maybe genomics creates maybe a different type of farmer. Mm-hmm. um
0: yes yeah it's absolutely right and as you said we, we we can take a following from the from the United States who've been doing this probably longer than you guys so you'll have a you'll have a bit of a springboard there to to be able to uh, learn from those guys over there as well as you go
1: and look I suppose the other th- big thing with genomics is uh, it's really brought brought it to our to us this year. Where We are currently licensing Anglis Beef Ireland, our producer group, and this year they came to us and they said to us, look, we can't give... uh, Look, they're very good sponsors of ours, and they were giving um, uh, bonuses on the top price bulls or the champions with previous years, and they said, look, the thing has to move on. Um, We need to um, bonus bonus the bulls at the sales that are the highest index bulls Mm -hmm. because when you're going for a tender at a supermarket... They they don't want to see the picture of the best animal at the show. Uh, uh, they want to see the best figures because that's what the consumer is demanding now. They want this more efficient animal with less emissions. And look, it's it's a transition, and they definitely it takes a lot of a lot of getting your head round. But ultimately, you, you, the market dictates. So yeah,
0: and and we're obviously we're here talking about live exports here. Um, but obviously there'll be a you, you guys will have a huge beef market export as well out of Ireland going going into Europe, um, going back into the UK as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, look. Um, every year there's there's huge exports. Look, particularly dairy calves, dairy bull calves. Look, there's massive exports. But how long it's going to last for Andy? I don't know. I just I just think maybe maybe we're entering the last phase of that. I just I don't think live export is going to be maybe accepted um, for much longer. And look, that that'll take your, a bit of adjusting to. Do like sure. you know.
0: But say with regards to beef exports, I mean you, you, the Ireland will have a, a growing ex- beef export business throughout Europe.
1: Oh, huge, huge! Um, oh, you were uh, the Winter Fair um, last week. The Dairy Show in the UK that was won by an animal bought in Ireland from Robert Hellens. Okay. So yeah, um, look, uh, we try, as I say, we try and pack a uh, pack punch above above ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, I think we've. Uh, uh, we've some very good breeders here and look, I think where where you've got cattle, you'll always have appetite for export. Sure. You
0: know? sure. And then, uh, well, that's brilliant to hear. And it's a highly interesting, as I said, that, you know, the Brexit thing has turned the thing on its head a little bit. And obviously given you guys, well, you guys have, have jumped on that advantage and, and quite rightly so, but uh, going back to the Angus, which is your love and your presidency as well, you are still, Angus are still growing as a percentage of, of, uh, of calves born. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, they've, they've jumped massively. As I said earlier, um, uh, there's an eighty uh, percent, a seventy nine percent increase in in ten years, which is just huge. Like uh, we've overtaken the limousines and and, he, uh, and the charlies. You know, maybe a, a couple of years in front of where, where the uh, where the UK is. I know the UK has jumped to the number one now as well, but we're just that that small, bit in front. I suppose our dairy herd is a spring calving dairy herd, predominantly Andy, and it's compact calving, so the emphasis is on easy calving, um, short gestation, so. Um, we, uh, uh, when you're not calving all year round, and you've got that six to ten week window to calf cows, and it very much brings it back to you know what's important, and definitely that that easy calfing, short gestation, and then um and then uh, having a product that you can sell. And the Angus is very much a product in demand now. And and, um,
0: and and a topical uh, um subject on this podcast lately has been the the beef from dairy, which seems to be growing, get a demand from our supermarkets uh, in the UK now, where yeah you know, they're taking they're taking uh, a, a lot more dairy dairy based beef, and uh, and that market mm. seems to be growing, and that that'll be the same probably will have started with you again.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it will be huge here. Look, um, it's massive here, but look. I think people see it as, as opposition, but it's it's very much not opposition, do you know. Um I think one complement the other, beef beef from beef and, and dairy from beef, they both complement one another, do you know? Um look look I, I, I just see it here with the ERSX semen as well, it's probably gonna bring new challenges, but sure. look, I don't think there are any challenges we can't overcome, do you know? Sure.
0: And, and, um, and with your other hat on then you mentioned at the top of the show there that you you, you kept a job as well as a, as an area uh, manager for a human mm. company do you want to just take us down that line a little bit
1: yeah so I suppose look I would have as you said I would have originally started off and, and in the construction background I would have transitioned into the a it was either immigrate or, or, or change coats, and so I would have changed coats into the AI and into the AI industry mm-hmm. and uh I would have transitioned into the AI company about fourteen years ago right. And um into the AI industry about fourteen years ago and look it's it's got it's gone from strength to strength, I suppose. Look, um I'm just in transition now between companies and look, I, I'm looking forward to the future, you know. Right.
0: Um Good, and, and you're saying, Angus, I mean, obviously you're shipping a lot of Angus semen in into the dairy industry there. There's a few other bulls, certainly in the UK, talking to um, Sally Lloyd this week, and her saying a lot of the, 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 the semen they're putting into the dairy breed is, is coming from the Belgian Blues. Are we seeing a bit of that over
1: there? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's not as influential, Andy. Um, look, it's a declining market, actually, in Ireland, the Belgian Blues are, we would see... Um, we would see Angus and Hereford as the predominant two breeds used in the dairy herd here. Okay. Um, look, uh, uh, Belgian Blue is very much niche. Um, where uh, look, I'm not saying they're not good calves, and I'm not saying there's not demand for them, but where you have increasing numbers and and um, uh, a reducing number of staff, you know, you just need those hardy calves to get up and go themselves, you know. Yeah, even from the dairy. Um, from the dairy. And yeah, okay. If you take a look at 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 the, the, the advantages two producer groups, the two producer groups groups give you. Mm-hmm and the bonus is being paid out like you're talking 165 euros a carcass yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's um it's a fierce advantage to have sure
0: sure and and are we seeing an improvements of the just because you're so far advanced with the genomics i suppose and and, and the 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 cross uh, chats that i have with the, across the, the atlantic there are you seeing a little bit of um, hybrid cattle come in and stabilises that sort of thing is is that market moving at all or uh, are Agustang,
1: that no <laughs> i we wouldn't see look the the stabilizer market is very very small the We would have seen um, increases in the Aubrax, but it's still very, very modest. Like, you know, the predominant breeds would still be Angus, Hereford, Charley, limousine, um, and cementals here. They're debut they five dominant breeds. And
0: still keeping their identity, I suppose, is what I'm saying they're used to, because obviously, I'm sure you've been in the USA or Canada, and you see now that the the animals are hybrids and the cementals are all black because, mm. of, because of these things, and, and there's a lot of guys using hybrid bulls because they've got the genomic advantage of using two or three animals there to make that composite, and, and that, that's not really getting into, into your area yet. Uh,
1: on the suckler side, uh, you would see uh, crossbreeding, but it would be very much a pedigree, a pedigree animal, uh, whether it's whether it's an AI straw or a bull onto a commercial onto a commercial cow, and look, they they there would be, they, look, I I would say that the best cow, the best suckler cow up there that I've seen, that's more the most adaptable is that limousine cement or limousine cemental cross, or even a bit of Solaire put in there, mm-hmm. but no, we the, the the hybrid bull market just isn't a thing here. Um, you see it more on the dairy side than on the beef side. In, in, um, I just
0: interesting, think... interesting. Yes, probably more on the dairy side. You're right because they are buying on figures, and also, um, the same in the UK. The hybrid market isn't here, but the Americans will tell you they, they, there is there is a need for a pedigree to make the hybrids. But just about everything's going down that hybrid route. It was interesting to see whether, I suppose, whether Europe were picking up on that American um uh, ethos, if you like, and, and it doesn't sound like they are.
1: I wonder. I wonder. Uh, I just. I. 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 I'd, I'd be interested to see. Uh, do do the figures match up? I just think, uh, if you if if you take if you take the the dairy for for example, it, look, we would have seen a big influence of Jersey here, and you you get that uh, hybrid vigor in the first cross, but uh, the, the more and more times you cross, you lose the hybrid vigor. Um, it reduces obviously, but. Um, so I just I just wonder, do you, do you get as much benefit as as some are speculating? Um, look, I still have fierce mass in a pedigree animal, no matter what breed it is. You know, it just. To, um, you, you need to know where you're going. I seem
0: to remember when we had Lee Leachman and, and, and um, Chip Kemp on here for sort of two consecutive weeks? There that it did spark quite a bit of decision, discussion, um, both from your side and from the UK side. That uh, yeah, that that wasn't the, the, the route that we that we were certainly looking at. yet it's interesting because those guys are you know, adamant that uh, you know that's that's the way that the future is going. But hey, we all, all got different markets and different different ideas. And, oh, and, and
1: different... we're all into the bit, we're all into different things, Andy, and it's good we are. Right. We'd
0: it would be here. It'd be
1: very bad if we were all chasing down the one it is. It's
0: brilliant, but it's great to see a man like yourself with a, with a, a knowledge across the breeds, both through the database and through the semen sales. Uh, but uh, still standing there behind the Angus as, as the number one number one beef sire in in Ireland.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's an, it's enjoyable. It's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a bug or a disease, Andy. That is very hard to give up. Um, uh, look, I, I, every I, every other day, my wife says to me, uh, I don't think these figures are matching up." But we'll try and hide the figures, and we'll try and enjoy life. Do you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all as long as you're making a profit and making a living. There, Eustace, that's great. Well, it's been tremendous to speak to you. I I did meet up with you in Perth, Bull Sales last year at Sterling Sales, should I say last yeah. year briefly? But it was late at night. We didn't get a chance for a chat. So if you're over this <clears> time, we'll get together and, and maybe have a coffee or a beer and and, uh, and oh,
1: definitely fun. we. We definitely will, and thanks very much for the opportunity, and keep up the good work, Andy. Your podcasts are are, are, very, are very much admired by loads and listen to many, so I think um, keep up the, the hard work, and well done to your sponsors as well.
0: Very kind of you to say so that, about that. Well, it's been tremendous speaking to you, and, and uh, when I'm next over in Ireland there, I'll look you up as well.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome. The door's always open, as it is to everyone. Well,
0: cheers. All, all right, Andy. All the nice to meet
1: you. Thanks very much. Cheers.
0: cheers thanks. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Top Lines and Tales podcast. And as always, we're highly grateful to our sponsors, Harbro, for their collaboration and kind support of the Top Lines and Tales podcast please take a look at uh, at the internet or speak to your local representative to find out exactly how harborough can help you with your your dietary requirements of your livestock and of course uh, uh free uh, no obligation advice and uh, find them on the internet as i said or on social media and whilst on the subject of social media uh, why not look at our top lines and tails facebook page where you'll find information and photographs to back up this episode and previous episodes also